What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eastern Current. Super excited about tonight's episode. Um, before we get to that, I'm going to do a couple pre-show things. Um, we want to thank our sponsors, AFCO and iStrike, just great supporters of the show, co-promoters of the show. Um, and they've been a huge help to growing um, our listeners and our viewers. The next thing I want to do is tell you all about our Facebook group, Eastern Current Fishing. You can go check that out. Um, it's for all of our listeners to be able to uh, kind of create a community and talk fishing together and interact um, and hopefully get out in the water with, with, with someone new and, and learn from each other. So check that out. Last thing, uh, if you really do like this po- podcast and want to help us financially, um, it's a big time commitment for me to, to put this out weekly um, as well as a bit of a money commitment. So um, you can do $5, $10 donations per month. I'll link the Patreon page in my, uh, in my show notes on YouTube as well as on the podcast platforms. But that's it for me. Let's bring on our guest. Today we're going to be talking kayak fishing and fishing from a flat skiff and and uh, we got a great guest on who uh who just a really cool dude i'm just gonna bring him on i'm a little scatterbrained here all right what's going on roger how you doing i, I I'm, I'm good with being called a really cool dude i like that <laughs> he's a really cool dude you guys check him out <laughs> <laughs> no doing well just uh you know hunkering down working from home uh Watching this beautiful weather outside, wishing that uh, I was able to fish, but it's been conference call day, but uh, that's all over now. There you go, and I got you sitting in front of a computer again, so <laughs> you're probably thinking me oh, yeah. or a phone, but, but awesome. Yeah, the weather's <laughs> been crushing me today, too. I've been at the house as well, working on the computer all day, and um, I was proud of myself. It's really hard for me some days to not make up an excuse to go fish when it's like this, so... Um, it was uh, it was good. Well, Roger, we got we got to get out on the water the other day together for the first time, which was cool. We do a little albacore fishing, and uh, Roger and I go. We don't go way back, but my father in law and him go way back, and y'all grew up together, correct? Absolutely. We went to uh, went to school together. Went to uh, Cape Fear Community College, and even worked together after that for a number of years, four yeah. or five years, and then have always stayed in touch. That's a great cool. guy. That's cool. He uh, he's he's a good dude, and and uh, it was cool to to know. I, I was already following you on Instagram. I think we were following each other on Instagram before I met my wife, and he was like, "You know Roger?" I was like, "I don't know Roger, but I, we both fish," and it was just kind of a, a cool coincidence. But uh, but yeah. So we're, what we're gonna what I really wanted to pick your brain about, and something that stood out the other day when we were on the water together was when you said that you feel like you outfish yourself on a kayak as opposed to a boat, you know, 90% of the time. And I hear that from so many anglers that fish a lot from kayaks and boats together. So, um, before, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your backstory and kind of how you got into fishing. Um, and, and then we'll jump into that, that topic of, uh, of kayak fishing. Oh, I, I don't think, uh, my story's too unlike, uh, a lot of the guests that, uh, that I hear on your podcast. It was something that, you know, my father and I, he had a little aluminum boat, and we would go out in the intercoastal waterway when I was a kid and uh, just put dead shrimp on a two-dropper rig and catch spots and croakers for, for the most part. But I uh, got away from fishing for a long, long time. Uh, when my girls uh, started getting a little bit older, we bought a sort of a ski boat, and then we ran around. You know, we're still on the water, but, uh, but I wasn't fishing. And then, uh, you know, you know, the rest of the story, they're all grown up and, uh, have kids of their own now. Right. So about seven years ago, my wife went kayaking with a friend of hers and, uh, and nothing doing, we had to go get kayaks after that because she was hooked. <laughs> and, uh, on the way back from buying the kayaks, uh, 
from in Southport from from a from a dealer there. We stopped at Walmart to get a couple of uh, life jackets so we could get on the water. And right beside the life jackets was this little Shimano, um, not Shimano, I think Shakespeare. Uh, I was about to say Shimano at Walmart. Box. <laughs> no, no, no. It was Shakespeare because it only lasted about three trips before it completely <laughs> locked up. But long story short, we were uh, we were out. We started kayaking, and I, I brought that little rig with me, and and. Um, Started putting on some gulp baits, and I think there was some bass assassins or something. In the little t- the whole the whole rig was thirty bucks, and you got everything. So I started catching a few fish, and and uh, it really got hooked on it again. Brought back all those childhood memories, and then uh, it was on after that. It was better kayaks, bigger kayaks. <laughs> Had to buy a boat. I mean, it's cost me tens of thousands yeah. <laughs> for that free fish dinner <laughs> exactly yeah you said the other day you're like the most expensive free meal you'll ever have which is the 100 that's free. right but if you're already going to be doing it the hobby you know then it is a free meal because i would i would fish even if it wasn't right. for food so it makes sense it makes sense but well that, that's a cool backstory well let's let's jump into the topic that i feel like i get more traction and more questions about you know kayak fishing and paddleboard fishing than anything else i think because it's a one, it's an easier, you know, way for people to get into fishing. It's it's typically a little cheaper, though some kayaks can get pretty expensive, um, as well as paddleboards. But um, let's talk about um, how that kayak fishing evolved for you, from like you know when you had the Shakespeare rod and the first kayak, and 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 kind of where that went for you, and and what kind of kayaks you're in today, if that makes sense. It's kind of a very open-ended question. Well. But. Actually, on the front end, I bought a pretty nice kayak. I, we bought uh, Kaikus, and we had a couple of, uh, I think they're called Wahoo. still has hers, but um, they cut through the water really well, and they had uh, they had good rod holders and, and things on them. But the problem with those were that the seat sat on the bottom. Gotcha. And uh, as you can attest, a few hours in that um, oh, yeah. will make your, make your back just <laughs> completely get stuck at a 90-degree. So... Um, I started, uh, I went to uh, a Hobie dealer and I went to a Hobie um, kind of a tryout day where they put them all in, in a big test pond for you. Okay. And uh, I got into a, uh, a, um, a Hobie um, PA Pro Angler 14, which is basically the, I would say it's the Ranger bass boat of kayaks. And so <laughs> I went from kind of a beginner level kayak all the way up, you know, to the limousine. And uh, it really, um, is an unfair advantage for anybody that you're fishing with that still has a paddle in their hand because you you're fishing the whole time you can hold in current you'll turn on a dime you can stand up in it it's just i can't say enough uh good ob platform and it's just it has put me in water that i would have never gotten uh, you know, the opportunity to fish before that because you can just you can go in so skinny you can pull the drive out you can paddle if you need to um like you and I were talking about the other day is um, the whole uh, kayak fishing side of things is I just fish where nobody else fishes. Yeah. Uh, when you see, when you see people out on the water and, and a lot of the, the regular hot spots, you see people posted up at those and a lot of boats and different things. I don't even fish those areas. I just go right to the marsh or, uh, I mean, I can go under docks and go back in places where other boats can't. So, it's it, it's just a good platform to fish from, and it and you 
you do a really, really thorough job and you get really inventive and creative when you're in a kayak. Because even with a, with a good pedal drive kayak, I don't want to go probably more than about four miles, a couple of miles out, maybe a couple of miles back. I know there's a lot of people that really just go on these long adventures, right? I guess I'm getting old, getting, getting a little <laughs> tired. So, and so, but no, the, the kayak platform is really awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a cool, a cool platform. And one of the things you said that, that rang out to me and, and the other, well, the first thing is being able to fish around docks so well. So like being able to get behind docks, get under docks and, and fish them way more thoroughly. I think that's a really cool um, really cool ability. And, and, you know, right now and in the winter dock fishing sometimes isn't, isn't the strongest, but I mean, if you can truly go and, and work down a whole line of docks in the summer, we're throwing, you know, soft plastics and jigs from a kayak, you're going to find fish pretty quickly. I feel like, you know, you can't fish them quite as thoroughly with a boat. A lot of times you can just fish the tips and if there's a lot of current, it's hard to fish them anyways, but being able to be in a kayak and get under them is, is huge. And the other thing, and I don't know if you do a ton of this, um, but like some of the guys that fish the jetty with a kayak, like they can get so close to those rocks. Um, even if they are kind of bumping the rocks and light swell, that's not breaking. It's not a huge deal, uh, which I think is really cool, especially for the sheep's head fishing out there and some of the redfish, um, being able to get straight up above them and, and drop down is, is neat. Like you don't want to do that on a fiberglass boat, but with a kayak, you can, you can get up in there and be a little risky. Um, so would you say, what's the main what's a day of kayak fishing look like for you? Like if you're going to, if you're going to leave, it's a nice, you know, early summer day and, 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 and conditions are right for whatever you want to do. What is, what is your kind of game plan? Uh, one of the first things I always do in the, the biggest enemy to a kayak fisherman is the wind. I think by far, I mean the, the, um, I, the current I have no issues with, even on a super high coefficient day, still don't have any problems with the current. You can just chug right along against that. But the wind has such an effect, especially on big boats like I've got. So I, I, I make sure I check that wind finder app and pay attention to what's going on there. And then I will that will guide me into which direction that I go. It, am I going to go more north up at Topsail and more some, some areas that are more protected? Or am I going to hang out here? I, I live in Hampstead, or I'm going to hang around the Hampstead area where you know all our marsh is all open here, so yeah. going to get a lot of wind out there if it's a windy day. But if it's uh, yeah, if it's perfect, I'm going to get up super early. I'm going to be in the water uh, when it's still dark, and I'm going to be heading to my spot, and I'm going to have the top water tied on because yeah. that's my passion, <laughs> without a doubt. It's it's uh, it's hard to beat a top water blow up, especially from a kayak. I bet like at water level, and that fish comes up and smokes a top water plug. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, especially when they hit it right beside the boat because what i found out with with kayak fishing you're really not alien to the fish because i've been i've i went to a i was up at topsail i was in one of my favorite little bays there and there was all sorts of activity there was uh you know all sorts of bait busting up against the grass which typically something's pushing them up against the grass and i'm throwing and i'm throwing and i'm not getting anything at all i'm about um I'm about 50 yards off of the grass, and I must have made five or six casts, and I didn't catch a single thing. So I was getting ready to kind of move on. But when I when I went to bring my rod in, I banged my rod real hard against the side of the boat just by accident, and all the water around me just erupted. I was sitting in a school of redfish. I was wow. casting completely over them, and I was in school with the uh, with with the kayak, and they they weren't even they they weren't even 
scared at all or weren't even spooked. Now they spooked like crazy when they went everywhere when I hit that boat, but uh, right. had no idea I was there. So, and you know, it's the same thing with sea turtles and, and all sorts of things that you encounter. It's just like, they don't even mind you're there. They really don't pay a lot of attention to you. Yeah. That's incredible. So that, that's a really cool aspect of it. When I come rolling in there and my, uh, and my flat skiff with the trolling motor buzzing and all that, I can usually see the fish too. I can see them running away. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh it's crazy man that pressure fish get so smart and and being able to fish from a platform like a kayak or paddleboard really does give you an advantage i think the only downfall is your range you know what i mean like once you're in the stuff yeah. where you want to fish it, it, you can't beat it but the range of being able to like travel and hit different spots um let's talk a little bit about that too like you talked a bit about fishing thoroughly um but you know the lack of range oftentimes can can help you I'd say, you know, catch more fish if it's the right scenario. Let's talk a little bit about how, um, you know, a lot of times we were talking about this the other day. I get messed up when I get in a little bit of a of a rut. I start running around and checking too much stuff instead of sitting there and really focusing on, on where I'm at. How does a kayak help you in those scenarios? Well, I, I typically, uh, I, I work an area in my kayak strategically and I do the same thing in the boat. One of the things, I just love to drive that boat. I run and gun all over the place when I'm in that. But when I'm putting my kayak in, I'm, the, some of the things I'm thinking about before I launch is I, I, want, I want to have a place where I've got access to deep water with current. I want some flats. I want to be able to reach some flats. I'd like to be able to reach some creek mouths. Uh, so it's all about the diversity of what I can get to because there's several really good places to launch. I mean, there's, there's, there's free places to launch all up and down. Uh, from Wilmington all the way to Topsail, um, and uh, and they're all in some really good fishing areas as far as being able to 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 get to those areas. Yeah. But if I had one single thing that I was going to look for in kayak, it, it, it would actually be docks. And okay. It would be docks that are up against hard banks. Uh, I love the docks that have the the little uh, marsh islands that extend out from a from a hard bank and maybe there's some and some shell and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of uh, a lot of people that you know I'm in those areas catching fish and then a lot of other people are just you know buzzing by and e- even with the boat traffic and so forth. Some of these really really good accessible spots are right off the ICW. Oh yeah, and uh, a lot of the little on the inland side of the intercoastal waterway where there's a lot of the little small dugout marshes and, and things. Maybe they're not dugout, but they're just a little small marsh system. Or maybe, a little more contour or something going on. I was looking for. Right. It just, and you'll fish those because of your range and then you'll find. I would have, I would have passed them by in a boat and I would have never thought twice about going. Yeah. That's crazy. Really Again, is. most of the places, yeah, most of the places that, that we go, I had a, kind of a funny story i um i was in one of these little areas and and there was some guys in a really nice bay boat um just in deep enough water to float it and i was probably uh i was probably 100 120 yards from them and they had i had to get across a really shallow flat to get in some deep water again and uh depending on which tidal coefficient is that day sometimes even in those little bay areas you'll get some pretty good current so it was a little and it was just loaded with nice trout and uh, i caught three uh probably from i don't know 16 to maybe 19 inches and the guy finally asked me what he says what are you using for bait and i said uh a voodoo shrimp and uh he's he had never heard of a voodoo shrimp before Uh and he says hey 
if you don't want to tell me, don't tell me. Don't just make up stuff. So I, uh, <laughs> I slung one over in his boat and I said, uh, cut it off and, and keep it. That, that's what it is. And so I had to, I, it was, it was getting dark. So I had to leave. And when I paddled by them, the other two gentlemen in, in the boat with him were laughing like crazy. And I, and I introduced myself to him because I talked to everybody on the water. Um, I introduced myself to them and I said, so what's so funny guys? And he said, watching you sit over there in that glorified piece of Tupperware catching trout and we're in a hundred thousand dollar boat with five times the gear you have. He said, that's what's funny. <laughs> it's so true. We can overcomplicate it and overbuy so, yeah. so easily. And that's part of it though. I mean, as we get into it and, and not, maybe not everyone's, I feel like most people that get into fishing are kind of gear geeks. Like they want gear, they want boats, they want to have all the equipment and, and everything they need for, for the day on the water. But um, I, I think it's really cool when you slow down and you, you take a little bit less out on the water and you make it a little more simple. I, I think a lot of times that helps more than it hurts. So um, that's really cool. The, well, $100,000. Don't, you know, don't get. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and don't um, don't get so caught up with catching fish. Get get caught up with out and enjoying yourself and having a good time. And you know, the fish is just a plus. Yeah. Because you know, we all go out there and, and, and we get skunked or we we're catching trash fish instead of what we're looking for. But just get out there and enjoy it and try to uh, try to learn something. Yeah. You know, the, every time I go out and. I rarely learn anything when I'm catching fish because I'm just in that moment of catching fish. It's right. those days when I don't catch fish is when I you really you're soul searching all the way back to, right. to you know back to the driveway. Or the days you work really hard for that one or two bites, three bites, you know, and, and you're like, wow, I, I've never fished this before this way, but it works. So and then you learn that way, which is cool. So um, let's talk a little bit about then like. What is what are your favorite fish to target in shore from a kayak or a boat? And, and we can, we don't have to keep talking kayak. Like if you want to throw in stuff about the boat in here mm -hmm. as well, we'll uh, we'll talk about that that beautiful boat that's sitting beside you for those of you who are who are listening and can't see it. What what is it's a huge redfisher? <laughs> yeah, it's a huge redfisher. Eighteen. Eighteen. Uh, just that I yeah I've barely got ten hours on it I think so it's it's going to see a lot of use this summer for sure heck yeah heck yeah um, well cool but uh, yeah Wait. it's it's uh, slip it's go ahead no sorry the, I apologize for the listeners the lag between the the Skype call because of the bad service during the coronavirus is making our conversation a little tougher we keep talking over each other but that is Skype's fault so don't blame it on us <laughs> but um well yeah that's a that's a super cool boat i see out in the water sometimes i i, I kind of keep my head down if i see other skiffs i'm like i don't know who that is i'm just gonna keep on running but now i know that that's roger in that boat so um i'll be stopping and saying hey a little more often but let's talk a little bit about um the fish that you like to target in shore do you do any flounder fishing or are you mostly focusing on redfish and trout when you go out to target specific uh, fish I flounder fish a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just uh, it, it's all dependent on where I am. If I can really get around some some deep, really crusty, nasty old structure, um, I, I like to flounder fish. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this year, uh, and we caught a pretty nice one a couple of weeks ago. It was about that's about nine, a little over nineteen inches. So for me, that was a pretty good size flounder. Yeah. Um, but he was. Uh, we were definitely targeting trout when I hooked him. Uh, so he was just a volunteer. <laughs> but uh, I'm a big redfish guy. Um, 
I, I love to fish for redfish. Um, I, I love the blow-ups. Again, I'm a big-time topwater guy. I'll, I'll fish topwater way longer than I should. I, I'll let <laughs> it drag out into the middle of the day. Um, and uh, and then trout, you know, in, in the fall. Actually, the spring, uh, this time right now, is really the time that I target trout. Okay. Uh, I've caught all of my my larger trout have all been in April and in late April. So, and it's all been super early in the morning, um, with top water. Uh, I think I caught maybe one on a, on a Z man red bone. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about that early morning top water bite. I like, again, I like to get out there super early. Most of the time I'm heading back home by 11 o'clock. Yeah. So, that's awesome. So, is is top water for you mainly just a time of day thing, or are there certain other triggers or scenarios you're looking for where you're like, this I should be throwing the top water? Anytime that I see some bait on the surface being pushed around, because I, 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 I always have one tied tied on, so it, it's pretty easy. I usually, even on my kayak, I'll have three rods ready to go. I'll yeah. typically have, you know, top water on. I'll have something that's um, kind of a mid weight, um, mid water column bait you know, a mirror lure or an X-Wrap or something like that. And then, uh, you know, then something for the bottom, typically some sort of yeah. a Z-Man product. I, I like them the best just because of the durability. Oh, so durable. And they look good too, and the colors are great. I think that is something that you just said there, that you just explained, that that is such a big piece to fishing well, whether you're on a boat or you're on a kayak. But that's like having three or four rods set up with different style baits different water columns or different retrieves or you know so when you're working through an area you can have those rods laying on your bow you can have them in your kayak ready like throw a top water across the point no bites toss a jig in there bounce it you know fish two or three baits and have them ready so you can thoroughly and quickly fish through an area um, just because you don't get get bit on a jig i mean there's been times too where i've like fished a jig into an area and then thrown top water on the way out and got caught fish you know like just because they don't need a jig doesn't mean they won't need a topwater. They won't need a spoon or a chatterbait or a Ned rig or all these different, you know, lures that you can try. So, how often do you are you switching between those when you're fishing? Uh, that topwater bite uh, usually, you know, when the sun's coming up and so forth. I'm I'm pretty much sticking with that. Yeah. I mean, there, I'm sure there's some subsurface fish out there, but uh, that's just I'll probably pass up if I could catch one fish on top water versus four or five on a jig i'm going to pick the top water up yeah. every time so so i'm typically doing that you know one of the things and, and we talked about it a little bit the other day on, on your boat one of the things i really got into last year that i had never tried before is the wake baits oh yeah uh, i started when the when the top water bite uh died I would start, and if I still saw what I felt were evidence of fish in that area, you know, bait still pushing and, and the big, you know, the redfish swirls and so forth. And, and keeping in mind, most of the time, unless I'm fishing docks, I'm in 18 inches of water for, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um, still really not able to see the reds because I typically fish further north in that in that darker water. But um, if they're being finicky and, and I know that the top water's going right over their heads, I'll throw a wake bait. Um, which is these little, I don't know if you can see that or not, but these little mans, I like these. Yeah. Uh, and if you've got really, if you've got a really nice uh, deep pocket that you can afford them, I've got one of these. This is a, a hunchback. That really great sweet. bait, but boy, they're 
they are and they're they're super ugly so i think that might help to get the strikes but uh <laughs> throw these uh <laughs> i throw these and um they really have a tremendous action. They've got loud rattles on the back of the bait really swings violently. And the faster you retrieve it, the deeper it will go. So you can treat it exactly like a top water, or you can retrieve it at a medium speed and it'll run just under the surface and you speed it up a little bit. You might even get it a couple of inches under the water, but they have really, I've had them follow that all the way to my rod tip and hit it yeah. uh, last year. So I'm super excited about um, you know, I got really got involved in these a little later in the season, so I'm super excited about trying these. This year, my wife caught her first redfish uh, on one of these. Um, we were actually on the boat, and she had casted it a couple of times. And I heard her say, you know, I'm stuck on something. And I think I told you that. Yeah. Right to the lure. And, I, I, and that when she was reeling, she was reeling against the drag, I said, raised the rod tip really hard really fast so she she raised the rod tip her hard and then it took off and then it was uh it was her her wake bait redfish and it, naturally it was the biggest one in the day yeah of course because if you, if you want to, if you want to catch that's <laughs> uh like wade who's my main fishing partner that you met the other day uh-huh. i can go out on my boat we can go out for six or seven hours and I can front end that guy all day. I'm up on the trolling motor. I can front end him all day, and he'll catch three to my one every single time. So <laughs> That's the way it works. That's haven't figured works. that out yet. I'm well, gonna give. I'm gonna give him trolling motor, dude. Yeah, you need to. You definitely need to. You need to duct tape the remote to his hand. Uh, do you have, Do you have a tiller trolling motor or a remote? No, I've got a remote. I've got remote. a cool. iPilot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, before we leave the wake bait thing, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more. But before we leave the wake bait thing, just for people that don't know, it's pretty much like a crankbait with the bill facing straight down. So it, it just creates this wobble of that bait on the surface. So it's a floating bait. Yeah, there it is. Perfect. It almost it looks like a square bill, but just a little bit more straight down. Great baits. They're, they're really uh, popular in the bass world. But I think that, I mean, the way they look like a pushing injured mullet on the surface, even more so than a walk the dog bait. If you're not fishing them, you need to you need to start fishing them. I think it's and, and I, I feel like maybe do you like it, those in calmer water or have you caught them in you know choppier water as well on, on a wake bait? You know, I I got started in it so late last season. I don't think I had the opportunity to throw it in in uh, really bad wind. When gotcha. I uh, when it the wind is really blowing and it's crazy out there and it's white capping, I, I still top water fish, <laughs> but I'll go to a. Uh, something bigger like a a one knocker spook or okay. so one knocker or one knock one knocker yeah mm-hmm. one knocker one knocker yeah what's and, your uh, uh something what your color that just of makes choice? a ton of racking you got it this beat up guy right here bone oh the bone color yeah it's hard to beat hard to beat the bone but my my favorite all-time top water lure and it's it's what i've caught all my my better trout and actually my better redfish on is much smaller than that which is this little uh number eight skitter walk oh yeah frog color this one happens to be this one happens to be a frog but i i think it's got more to do with a little bit of chartreuse on the bottom yeah definitely but um with and my using a smaller bait uh, especially if i'm fishing around docks i love to throw parallel to the dock all the way back to, to where the dock intersects land to throw it all even if i can just throw it in the mud there and then pull it off and then walk it all the way down just as close as i can get to those ponds i lose a lot of top waters that way <laughs> yeah. i had to upgrade my uh 
my leader situation and all, but these smaller skitter walks, they, um, they walk real tight and you can keep them in the strike zone a long time. And when the redfish hits it, he's got it It's yeah. in his mouth. Yeah. So my hookup ratio went from probably 50% to probably 80 just wow. by downsizing the top water. Yeah. They get a little sloppy eating a top water at times. So, so if you're not yeah, throwing top water, we're, we're almost at, we're almost at 30 minutes and, and I want to pick your brain a little bit more about um, some other baits that you like to use. If you're not throwing a top water, what are some of your other confidence baits, your search baits from a kayak or from your boat? Uh, X-Rap. X-Rap. Which I think we all know what those are. And, you know, they're really, um, if I'm in current and I'm, uh, I've pulled up against the grass and thrown an anchor in or something, I'm just sitting in current, you can throw one of these out and just put it in a rod holder. And I've th- that's been my day saver. I've, I've caught <laughs> many times bigger trout with that in the rod holder just sitting back there because it swims really nice. It flutters and it's especially if you can set up so it's uh, fluttering by a point yeah um and yeah they'll if there's one around he'll, he'll come pick that up but I, I started fishing these little uh z-man shrimp i i don't exactly know what the name of them is but i do have one here uh but on a ned rig uh-huh and i always thought this was always too small i've always starting off in fishing i was always a bigger bait guy but I'm finding that the you know elephants eat peanuts, and and that's a true statement. And I catch a a lot more fish on finesse baits, the smaller Z-mans. The, the I think this is a paddler oh, yeah. Z, but it's not a very big bait. Yeah, they're three inch baits. But maybe you know, yeah, four, maybe that I one's think a four that inch. might be the that might be the that might be the four or the okay. three and a half or something like that. But but it's um you know I was buying all of the larger ones. And uh, half the time I end up cutting part of it off and, and, and rigging it smaller. Yeah. I, I think it's the flutter. I think it's the, that crazy action these things have. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, an upper slot redfish will hit that in a minute. Uh, so I, it's not always about bigger baits, I think. And maybe in the marsh they don't have access to as large a prey as they would have out on a, you know, a, a bigger flat or a dock or something yeah. like that. So I, I don't know. The way I kind of feel about it, and let me know if this is what you think too, is like when I'm in an area that I might be a little less confident that the fish are focused in that that area, I'm fishing a bait with more presence, like a top water, a spoon, a chatterbait, a bigger paddle tail. Um, And when I'm in an area where I'm like, all right, I really know these fish are here. I want to like break it down real well. A lot of times I'm fishing a smaller bait, like a, you know, the stuff you're describing and, and picking it apart and moving a little bit slower. Um, you know, like your large present baits, large presence baits and your, your smaller presence baits. Is that kind of what you do? Or, or I feel like a lot of the stuff that you're fishing too in your kayak, you're going to like where you know the fish are. There's not as much searching you've put in the time and found these little zones. And so you're sitting there and picking it apart real, real hard. Yeah. The, the other thing is when you find a zone that, that holds fish or you, you have pretty good luck in that one area, go in and really walk it or go there on low tide or something and find out what makes it magic for the fish because that's how i found other places because i if i found two or three spots that typically hold fish and those two or three spots all had the same attributes um in the marsh in the bays it's a little bit different but i just when i'm going out on new water or running around on my boat now you know i'm just looking for places that have those things and you know, 50% of the time, you need to find a fish or two on yeah, yeah. even if it's a place you've never fished before. That's super cool. 
The uh, I I need to figure out what the shrimp are called. I don't know if I've seen that Z-Man shrimp. If it, does it just have small tentacles off the head? I, oh yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't I fished that. One. A, I think it's called a a jerk shrimp. Jerk shrimp. Okay. Yeah. Got all I, sorts I of stuff going. On. Yeah. And, and this is uh, um, I've I've had quite a few fish on this just dead sticking it, just letting it. Trout love this thing. Yeah, I bet they really do. What uh, uh, net head are you fishing little, on? Little, I think it's a uh, tenth, one tenth, or okay. something like that. It's super small. So got a great. It's got it's a it's a Z-Man um, Ned head, and, and it's got a really skinny wire, but it's super strong. I've yet to straighten one out. Right on. Is that the color of the shrimp you'll usually go to? That pink. Yeah, yeah. I think this is Laguna. Laguna. I, I'm going by memory. Laguna pink or something Laguna like that. Pink. Laguna Madre. But redfish like it too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Anytime you uh, can stand a bait up like that, I think that's the beauty of a Ned rig in, in salt water is, you know, you can you can work it like a jig and then you stop it. And with those Z-mans, they float. And so that everything's just sitting there and you can barely move it and just shake that bait around and, and really get a lot of good action from it, which is which is neat. But um, I fish a Ned rig some. It's not something – it's a harder bait for me to get clients to throw well. It, 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 I, I would fish it a lot more if I fished on my own a lot. But – um, I've got to find baits that, that I can kind of like a little more carelessly work through the water and get bites on like the Ned rig. You're going to get more bites on it. You're going to pick, you know, get those, those trickier fish. But a lot of times I, I'm st- stuck with like having to get those, look for those aggressive fish and throw a bait that, that, you know, they might move for a little bit. But, um, that Ned rig is, is one that is deadly. I've t- I mean, so many people that I've talked to on the podcast lately, they bring up the net rig and how it's, you know, really opened up some doors for them. I, uh, I, I actually was forced to use the net rig. A friend of mine gave me one uh, on the boat and he said, no, you've got to use this. You've got to tie it on and you've got to use it. And, uh, so I did and I was skeptical, but, uh, it worked. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well, is there anything else before we, we finish up that, that you want to share with anybody that, that you know works a normal job and gets out there and, and tries to get, get it done, catch some fish on the weekend? Any tips or encouragement or anything like that? Well, my tips are for myself is always set the bar low. Go out there to have <laughs> a good time. Uh, if you catch a few fish, hey, that's fantastic. But uh, just, you know go out and, and have a good time, especially if, if you're going to be in that kayak. Cause you're, you're in nature. I mean, they don't, yeah. they don't mind you being there. I mean, I've, I've, I've eased up on turkeys and you mean, you know, just, just wonderful, just wonderful wildlife, but yeah. And, and get, uh, you know, and if, if you, if you like our, our fishery here, you know, get involved in, in some of the, uh, some of the groups that are around, check out the CCA and, um, and the, the other, uh, organization that you and I like, but we can never remember. Never remember the name. To it. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina something resource. But anyway, um, find out what you can do to help us take care of this wonderful resource we have here, and, and things that we can do to um, make sure that. Uh, I know this might sound a little bit canned, but you know we've got something for our kids and our grandkids to uh, to do. For sure. Uh, you know, when, once we're out of the game, because uh, it's a it's a resource that won't be here if we don't take care of it. No, it won't. It won't. For and sure. it's uh, you know it's on the verge of being a little scary. So I think that's a great great way to leave people. Um, and I appreciate you coming on and and talking. I think that uh, you know kayak anglers and weekend warriors are, are people who we can really all learn something from because they're. 
they're effective ones. I mean, there might be some guys that go out on the weekends and don't catch any fish, and I'm sure we can still learn from them. But but guys like you that 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 really get it done in the time that they've got are are people that I want to learn from. So I appreciate it, and thank you so much for coming on. And um, if y'all want to get up with Roger, check him out on Instagram. It's Roger J sixty five, and you can you can see his his uh, kayak, his boat, his fish, everything there. So so check him out and. Uh, See if he uh, see if you can be lucky enough to be like Wade and get to spend some time on the boat with him. <laughs> hey, we're we're all about going fishing with uh, different people. It's a lot of fun. Had a lot of great people that way. Definitely. Well, cool guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, Roger. I'm gonna switch back over. Um, again, guys, thanks for checking out this episode. Check Roger out. Go follow him on Instagram. Um, just a really, really cool dude, like I said earlier, um, that catches a lot of cool fish. So um, follow him. And thank you all for checking out Eastern Current and supporting Eastern Current. Uh, and we will see you all in the next episode. Later. Oh, I'm struggling. I can't find the end button. Here we go.